Author's Preface I'm sure that my attitude to the Bible was typical of many British public schoolboys. RE, that is religious education, was the one subject few of us rated on a par with our so-called real academic studies. Few of us can remember the sermon topics of the hundreds of addresses we must have listened to Sunday by Sunday in chapel, at boarding school, and at home during the holidays in the local village Church of England. I do, however, remember the visit of an American pastor whose name was the Reverend O'Heck. His sermon was to do with Samson and an ice cream machine with a complicated set of cogs and wheels. The point of the sermon I've forgotten. The stimulus for this book was my initial shock at reading the Bible seriously for the first time during university days. I found in the pages of the New Testament a Jesus who seemed in so many ways foreign to the Christ presented in church. There was nothing of the ecclesiastical stained glass figure about the towering personality portrayed in the Gospels. Impressionable as one is in one's twenties, I was riveted by the question as to how that apparent difference between the Jesus of the Bible and the Jesus of the church had come to be. As church goes, we all said we believed in the Bible, though none of us knew much of what was in it. We certainly never quoted it or discussed it. Forty-five years later, having had the opportunity to search widely for answers, and having seen religion both from the lay and the so-called professional angle, I'm convinced that there are clear reasons for the contrast between the Jesus of much popular piety and the historical Messiah. A close study of the fascinating set of documents we call the Bible reveals an extraordinary unity which can reasonably be explained only on the basis of a divine guiding hand responsible for the astonishing drama unfolded in the sacred pages. The so-called good book, however, will remain closed unless we grasp the fact that Jesus was a Jew whose whole mission must be understood in its original Hebrew context. This, I suggest, means disentangling the Messiah from the layers of matted tradition by which the Church has often made him respectable, compatible with ourselves, and above all, politically innocuous. Building on its monumental tradition, the Church has created a largely unmessianic Messiah. Political irrelevance is the one characteristic which can never be true of the Messiah of Israel, who was put on a cross mainly because he claimed to be the Messiah and the Messiah was a threat to the Roman government. This is not to overlook the other factor in Jesus' early death. He challenged the Jewish religious establishment, which had so tragically misinterpreted its own scriptures that it was unable to recognize the Messiah when he appeared. It seems to me that much traditional theology, despite its industry and the refinement of its learning, makes it extraordinarily difficult 
for the public to have the faith as Jesus taught it. While Jesus obviously treated the Hebrew Bible as a divine revelation from the Creator, many of the Church's scholars view Scripture in an entirely different light. While Jesus claimed to be the Messiah of Israel and announced as his gospel the good news about the coming kingdom of God, theology admits that he has had little interest in the kingdom for most of the church's history, or at least not in a sense which Jesus could possibly have attached to his favorite term, kingdom of God. It is in fact not difficult to document the church's uncertainty about what Jesus meant by the kingdom. This is a confession of failure to know what the gospel is, yet churches continue to function year after year unconcerned that the Christianity they offer to the public may have dispensed with key elements in the religion of the Jesus of history. All this seems to me most problematic. There's something of the so-called fair play instinct in me inculcated in school days which rebels against the notion that Christianity can be the real thing if it does not derive from the teaching of Christ. It is the same question which prompts a Yale scholar to write a book entitled Jesus and the Future, Unresolved Questions for Understanding the Faith, in which he says, and I quote, the eschatological Jesus, that's to say one who looks forward to the dramatic apocalyptic arrival of the kingdom of God, the Jesus that is depicted in the historical tradition is not the Jesus of any modern church or school of theology. That quotation is from Richard Heyer's Jesus and the Future. The problem surfaces again when a Cambridge professor admits that the Jesus preached from the pulpits is not the Jesus of the Bible. I quote, Most preachers talk as if the Christ they preach is identical with the Jesus of history. Theologians know that this is not so. The theories devised in the attempt to connect the modern Christ with the original Jesus have become far-fetched and obscure. That's a quotation from Don Cupid, The Debate About Christ. The following chapters represent an attempt to resolve the unsettling problem of the difference between the Jew Jesus and the Jesus of much popular devotion. In a world which seems to thrive on investigative journalism, one might expect the question of integrity in the presentation of Jesus to be a burning issue. I'm not convinced that most churchgoers are even aware of any discrepancy. There has been an alarming stifling of the critical faculty. The Jewish Jesus, bearer of an apocalyptic, messianic, and political message of hope about the future of the world, continues to offer himself as the only answer to our deepest spiritual needs and our desire for immortality. He is likely to make a comeback even before his promised return in power and glory when churchgoers commit themselves to a personal study of the Bible 
laying their foundation in the books of Daniel and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which provide a core of messianic information about the career and teaching of the Christ of history. I see much more clearly now reasons for the sharp contrast between the Jesus of the Church and the magnetic and disturbing personality who inspired such heroism in his disciples. My failure to delight in the biblical documents was simply that I was reading the book through spectacles clouded by a conventional perspective of Jesus which tones down his vivid messianic colors. Only a so-called all-or-nothing acceptance of all his teaching meets the demands he makes on his followers. In subtle ways, however, churches have been hiding that Jewish Jesus. How different the churches might be if they ceased trying to fit Jesus into a traditional Greek philosophically influenced straitjacket and if they presented him as the Jewish Messiah and Savior of the world, offering his followers something far beyond promises of so-called heaven as a disembodied soul. This book represents my own journey of discovery. I've been helped along the way by countless biblical experts, many of whom I've kept in the background in the interest of not overcrowding the text. In the investigation which follows, I have mingled biblical theology with the history of ideas in order to present a central conviction. That is that the Bible, if read as a messianic document, tells a thrilling story of the gracious Creator's intention to rescue our planet and restore permanent peace and security for all nations.